And I pray that that is your testimony, that you can praise the Savior all the day long because of what he has done for you. We are, in fact, as, as Fanny Crosby so brilliantly wrote, heirs of salvation. Let that sink in. We were lost. We were hopeless. And now we are heirs to the kingdom, heirs to salvation. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord God, as, as our pastor reminded us in Ephesians a few weeks ago, we were not just undeserving. We were ill-deserving. And yet you loved us anyway. Lord, we give you praise. We give you thanks. We want to just honor you and worship you in spirit and in truth today. And it's in Christ's name we ask uh, this to happen, Lord, in, in Christ's name. Amen. Lord. All right, please be seated and let me... Uh, call your attention to this white card. It's called a connection card. And so if you would fill that out, especially if you're maybe a first or second time guest, we would love to know who you are and a little bit about you. If you want some information about the church on the back there, you can check a box or two and find out a little bit more about us. We'll send you some information. Uh, for everybody else, this is an opportunity for prayer request. Okay, so uh, please do that and we'll be faithful to, to pray for those. Um, I tell you what, let's continue to worship, and I'm going to share with you a little bit of what's going on and why it's going on, why our pastor's not here. Some of you already knew that, and some other things that have changed within the last 24 hours. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, the cool thing is about that is we didn't know it was happening, but God did. And it's all under His control, amen? And so we are expecting a great blessing today. So let's give the Lord honor and praise as we move forward. Lord God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. Let's sing this great song. Let's follow him today.
Christ alone. Go ahead and be seated, please. Um, we're going to enter into our, our season of prayer time. As we know, uh, we've been praying for our world, uh, the worldwide uh, pandemic and its effect on so many things, so many people, and so many lives have been lost and, and families are suffering, and we want to pray for those. We want to pray, obviously, for our upcoming first Tuesday in November. Amen? And uh, it's very important that Christians uh, share our convictions, vote our convictions on biblical values. And so let's, let's pray um, that uh, those values would prevail in this election. Uh, that being said, the world doesn't uh, uh, change, doesn't... Um, uh, I'm, I'm struggling for words, sorry. Um, uh, uh, worry about the fact of who is president of the United States. It worries about the fact of who is on the throne. Amen? And God is on the throne regardless of what happens. But we still need to, to be uh, proactive in our, in our thinking, in our voting, and in our being good U.S. citizens. So please be praying about that. And, um, and so we will just uh, bow. You can, you can have that prayer time in your pews. You can come up here and use these uh, steps as an altar. So we'll just take a few minutes to do that, and then I'll close us in prayer, okay? Lord God, we bow before your throne and we ask, Lord, that uh, you would heal uh, this horrible worldwide pandemic. Uh, Lord, we pray for those souls that were lost. We pray for those grieving families around the world. Lord, we uh, pray for those who are currently ill. Lord, if it be your will, if it would please you, could you miraculously heal those? Could you bring us a, a vaccine? Could you bring us a cure? Um, Lord, we know all of this is in your hands and we trust you. Lord, we pray for our nation, especially as it revolves around this upcoming uh, November 3rd. Lord, help us to each and every Christian within this great country um, to vote our biblical values. Uh, and Lord, may your will prevail on that first Tuesday in November. Uh, Lord, we just ask for you to be with our church family. Lord, keep us unified. Keep us powerful in your spirit. And, uh, Lord, we pray uh, as our pastor travels home, just give him a safe return. And it's Lord, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, a little bit more explanation about what was going to happen today. Uh, pa pastor Philip uh, had already told a family months ago that he would help with a, um, a, a wedding. And so he is, was in Alabama, and now he's on his way home. Uh, he had made provisions for Dr. Rodney Harrison, uh, the president of the Baptist home, there's there's four is my right four Baptist homes in 
in four campuses in, in the state of Missouri. And uh, Dr. Harrison is president of over all those campuses, president of the Missouri Baptist Home. And uh, he was going to come and share uh, it, it today, uh, preaching today in both the early and the late worship service. Um, and so, but he, uh, Friday, called the pastor and he said, while serving at one of the campuses uh, that, is, that had been hit with COVID, he, uh, a couple days later, lost some smell and some taste. He hasn't been tested positive yet, but uh, probably will be with those symptoms. So please pray for Dr. Harrison. So obviously he uh, retracted and, and wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be here today. And so then uh, our pastor called Philip Shuford and said, will you help us in the early service? And, and Blake uh, is going to help us in the late service. Philip has to be in Hollister at 11 o'clock. Um, and so pray for those guys as they bring God's word today. Now, just a, a, a real quick, on, you know, a funny thing happened on the way to church. Um, I did not know any of this was going on. I knew Philip was going to introduce, he was going to be here to introduce Dr. Harrison. That's what I knew, okay? I did not know Dr. Harrison was not going to be here. So now fast forward, I get a text from Philip, would you like for me to send you my outline? Dude, I just asked you to pray. So, so you know, I, should we bring a lunch? I mean, I, didn't, I don't know. So, so anyway, so they outlined for the sermon, so you will see that. By the way, it, it, won't, be, it won't be in your bulletin. That was already printed, but the, the real outline will be, will be up on the screens, okay? So uh, let's pray for Philip as he brings the word here in just a moment. Let's continue on with uh, It Is Well With My Soul.
was filled with his praises. One day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, my example is he. The Word became flesh and the light shone around us, his glory
Share with us, brother. Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. For the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. That's our passage today from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 3. I invite you to open your Bibles and, uh, uh, and uh, uh, find your way there this morning. Thank you. Brother David and worship team for that inspiring time of worship. You hit all my greatest hits this morning. Um, so the backstory of the backstory is, um, Pastor Philip called me. We were at Sam's Friday night and uh, sent me a text. Can you give me a buzz? And so I called him up and he said, uh, "This is this is what he said literally. First thing out of his mouth: Do you believe in God's providence?" I said, yes. He said, uh, do you know this is Pastor Appreciation Month? And I said, yes. And I'm thinking he's at Bass Pro and uh, want me to get him something. But um, so, yeah, I was originally going to be here to uh, introduce the guy that was going to be here, Dr. Rodney Harrison. And the reason the pastor asked me to do that was because Dr. Harrison was uh, my um, uh, primary professor in my doctor ministry studies at Midwestern Seminary. So I spent a lot of time with him and really appreciate Dr. Harrison and his heart uh, and his great stories. Uh, so, uh, uh, but things have progressed in God's providence that Dr. Harrison is on here. So that means that pa the pastor is always the first choice and then the invited guy is the second choice, which means I'm the third choice. Which means I have the comfort of knowing of, uh, that I rest with low expectations today as I preach. Um, but it's an honor to be here with you today. And um, uh, my wife said, don't say anything about COVID because everybody's talking about COVID. And it's true. But, uh, folks, it's a mess. And um, I would just say thank you for your prayers. You may, not, may or may not know. I posted some things on Facebook. Elsie's dad has been very, very sick with this. Uh, he, um, in fact, last Sunday morning we got uh, the word that uh, they were going to put him in ICU and intubate him. 
and that the, the, the probabilities were not good. Uh, he'd come down with COVID. And uh, so we um, uh, been praying desperately for him all week. I want to know, I'm married into a great family. You know what they do? Her brother and sister, Elsie's the youngest, of course, the baby. Um, uh, older sister, older brother. And they get together on, on FaceTime every day, three times a day, and pray for their dad. And uh, churches I know uh, down in Florida where my father-in-law live, they've been praying for him and interceding for him. So we got the word yesterday that uh, there's no pneumonia in his lungs now. And uh, he's still in ICU, um, uh, sedated, but they're starting to wake him up, and his oxygen levels look like they're good. And so we just praise the Lord for what he's doing in that, in that circumstance. So it's, it's a real deal. And let me just, just say a word um, to... Um, you know, I work with 56 Southern Baptist churches and First Baptist Church of Ozark is one of those. It's my privilege to do that. And as Brother Dave mentioned, I'll be, uh, I'll be at, down at First Baptist Church Hollister uh, at, for their 11 o'clock service after I finish here today. So I'll be leaving quickly as, as, uh, so you don't throw any rocks at me or shoes or anything as I leave. But um, this has just been a tough time for pastors, I want to tell you. Um, over the course of the past six, seven months since this thing has happened, I've spoken with and prayed with, I don't know how many guys, how many times. And here's the things I hear from pastors. Uh, one pastor told me uh, just last week, he said, I'm tired. Um, one pastor told me, I've been discouraged for the past three months. Um, uh, pastors have been forced into this kind of weird, surreal reality of how, how do I love my flock and protect my flock at the same time. Uh, and it's, it's really wearing, I'll tell you, it's wearing on pastors. And so preacher didn't know I was going to say this, but I will remind you that it is Pastor Appreciation Month. And, and that goes for all of the staff in the church. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's a unique time for churches to step up and uh, show love and appreciation for their pastors. So there's the commercial, uh, and now let's uh, launch, into the, launch into the message. A friend of mine by the name of Adam Stoddard, some of you guys may know him, he lives in Springfield, started a church there. Adam's a young guy. Uh, by the way, his wife, Christy, has been uh, diagnosed with cancer, if you know Adam at all, so be in prayer for Christy Stoddard. Um, I was having lunch with Adam earlier this year before this COVID thing hit, and, and um, I was asking what he'd what he, what he been up to, and he said, well, he's training for a race. He runs. I said, what kind of race are you training for? Is it a marathon? He says, no, I'm, running, I'm training for a 100-mile race. And my jaw dropped. I never heard of such a thing. Uh, they're called ultramarathons, where they run 100 miles. Now, it, it's not, you know, they, they'll stop and they'll take a break, but it's, 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 it's a 100-mile race. Um, I, I, I have a hard time getting my brain around that, uh, that, that kind of a concept. And so I, I went online. He was, he, was, he was training for a race in, in Houston uh, and uh, that was going to happen later on this year. In fact, I think he's already run it. Um, but uh, so I went online, went to YouTube, and I looked up that particular race, and there was a guy that's a, that's a runner, and he, was, he did a six-minute YouTube video to show potential runners what the course was like. And so I watched that, and it was, it was really, really interesting because, again, he's, they're running 100 miles, and he, he shows he's got a GoPro camera on his helmet, right? And so you can see the track, the, the, the trail, 
through the woods and through different places. It's Houston, Texas, so it's all flat. No hills or rocks or anything like that. But he said, you know, and you got to be careful, he said, because, you know, in the trail where you're not running, because there are trees all around it, the tree, there'll be tree roots. You got to keep your eyes open for those kinds of obstacles in the trail. And at one point in the video, it was dark, it was nighttime, and it, and, and it was raining, and he had the camera on him, and he says, well, I'm at the 60-mile point, <laughs> and he looked terrible. And uh, he was, you know, describing what it was like. And, and, uh, uh, and then when he got to the finish line, he had the camera on his helmet again. You could see him, cro- he was crossing the finish line. And there were people on the other side of the, uh, of the, of the, the um, I'm thinking in Spanish, of the tape, uh, of the end of the race. And they were saying, good job, runner. Uh, that whole experience just kind of, maybe some of you guys have run that kind of a, of a race before, and I just cannot imagine running, running a hundred miles, if 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 a lot less than that as well. You know, this passage of scripture that we read about, and when I think about my conversation with Adam and what what he was doing, what he was training to do, this passage of scripture came to mind in Hebrews chapter twelve. Let me read it one more time. You have your Bible, just open your Bible, and uh, and I'm reading out of the New King James translation this morning. Here's what the scriptures say. It says this, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. I love that last phrase that the writer of Hebrews put in there. And I think this, that, that phrase makes this passage especially for us today. It says this, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Uh, Brother David, thank you so much for choosing the songs that you sang. I was sitting there listening to them, thinking, man, these are encouraging uh, uh, songs that we were singing. It's well with my soul, blessed assurance. And that last song just always sends me, uh, just sends me to, the heaven, to the heavens. Thank you so much for that. I believe that the day that we're living in, God's people need encouragement. Uh, it is so easy to become discouraged and weary in our souls. Uh, if things were bad before COVID, it uh, seems like things have, in, in the world today, in a lot of ways, have just kind of come off the rails. You got the COVID, you got, um, uh, you got riots in the streets, you got the election uh, coming up. And there are so many things that, that can keep our eyes off the main thing. I think this passage of Scripture is especially important, important for us today. So what I want to do today is give you four keys. The, and again, the Bible says, he, he, he alludes to the fact that we're in a race. Uh, it says that we run the race that's set before us. And I guess the important thing, well, the most important thing about being in a race is realizing, number one, that you're in the race. And, and, and the second thing is you want to finish well. And, and, and the fact of the matter is the Christian life is a race. And if you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, you are in a spiritual race. And your race had a point that it began. There's a point when your race will end. And if you're a believer today, you're like me. You're somewhere in the middle in that. Between the, 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 the starting shot and the finish line. 
We're somewhere in the middle of that race. And it's important, I believe, for us as believers in Christ to understand that we are in a race. And it's not a race to see who's going to win. It's a race to get to the end and to finish well. So I want to give you today, out of this passage of Scripture that we've read, four keys to finishing well. The, the title of the message is Faith That Finishes. Four keys to running and finishes and finishing well. And, and I've kind of made it easy for you. I've got some alliteration. So I've got words that begin with F. So if you want to write these things down, you don't have it in your, in your uh, bulletin because there was not time to do that. But the first thing is faith that finishes reflects on what God has done in the past. Faith that finishes reflects on what God has done in the past. Faith that finishes forsakes all that interferes. Faith that finishes forsakes all that interferes. Faith that finishes focuses on Jesus. And the last thing, faith that finishes, and this is uh, one of those duh moments, faith that finishes finishes. Reflects on what God's done in the past, forsakes all that interferes, focuses on Jesus, and faith that finishes, finishes. Let's think first of all, the, the, the faith that finishes reflects on what God has done in the past. The scripture says this, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. When you see in the Bible, and you probably know this, when you see the word therefore, the writer is referring to something that he's written about before. When he says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, the writer is thinking about something that he's written about in Hebrews chapter 11. And if you know anything about the book of Hebrews, you know that Hebrews chapter 11 is, is, is what we call the faith hall of fame, where we find really the founding fathers of our faith. The main verse uh, of Hebrews 11, and maybe of the entire book of Hebrews, is Hebrews eleven six that says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And Hebrews chapter 11 gives a list of great heroes of the faith, some that you know a lot about, some that you may not know a lot about, but one of those who suffered and went through a lot for God because they had great faith in him. The list uh, includes uh, people like Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Sarah, Moses' parents when they hid the baby Moses, Moses himself, the people of Israel as they crossed through the Red Sea as if on dry land. Rahab the prostitute is in there. Praise the Lord. Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, and Samuel, and the prophets. The writer in Hebrews chapter 11 paints a word picture of these great heroes of the faith that have gone before us and surround us like a cloud. And the image in my mind is almost like in the Olympic stadium, the Olympics where they have the races, and where they're running, and you got runners on the, on the track, and you have people in the, in the stands. And, and the image there is that the people in the stands are these, these heroes of the faith that have gone on before us. And we are running in that race. Somebody, if you're a believer in Jesus, somebody told you about him. I don't know who that was. It may have been a pastor. It may have been a Sunday school teacher. It may have been a co-worker. It may have been a family member. I, was, I had the privilege of, and the joy of being raised in a Christian home. Um, I was uh, um, nine years old when I became a believer. And I really believe that if a child is raised in a Christian environment, it's easier for them really to take Jesus' hand because they've been, they've been steeped in Jesus all their life. And so when I was nine years old, I, I made the determination. I, and, and I knew Jesus had given, I didn't know, understand everything, but I knew Jesus had given his life 
to me, for me, and I needed to give my life to him. And that's what I did. But I don't think it's by any accident that I remember my ninth grade Sunday school class. Uh, it, was a, it was a ninth grade, ninth, uh, uh, ninth grade, nine-year-old boys, and, and our teacher, Brother David Hall. And, uh, and I can picture even today where I sat uh, on Sunday mornings at that table, and Brother David, he was studying for the ministry, and I've lost track of him. I don't know where he's at right now. Um, and, and he very patiently dealing with us nine, nine-year-old knuckleheads, uh, telling us Sunday after Sunday about, about Jesus and what it meant to follow, follow Jesus. I remember Brother David Hall. So in my, in my pantheon of faith, heroes of the faith, Brother David Hall is there. And I don't know who that person would be for you, but somebody told you about Jesus. And you've had experience in your life that has strengthened your faith. And the Scripture says, because we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, he's looking back. And we, he's reflecting on what God has done in the past. With these, with these great people. And you know, one of the things that, that strengthens my faith is when I look back and see what God's done in my life. Maybe, maybe that works for you as well. You know, I can look back at this particular instance in my life where, where it was a tough time and God showed up. And, 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 and I felt his presence. And that was real to me. And not that God was not real to me before, but he, he became really real in that particular time. And then another time in my life where... where di- Tough things were happening, and, and God showed up again, and, 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 he, and he proved to him, proved to me once again that, that, that I can trust him and I can follow him. And, and, and I can be in a difficult circumstance today, and, and God shows himself and he manifests himself to, to me in, in different ways. And, and, and so, you know, if I connect the dots between what God has done in the past to where I'm at right now and project that line on out to the future, I can have confidence that God's going to be there no matter what happens. And that's why it's important for us as followers of Christ that are running in the race to reflect on the fact God's been there, he's here, and he'll be there in the future. Faith that finishes reflects on what God has done in the past, but not only that. It forsakes all that, all that interferes. Here's what the scripture says. Let us, and this is the New King James, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Now again, the image here is that we're running in a race. And you want to get rid of things that are going to weigh you down. I love how the Amplified Bible uh, uh, translates this particular verse. It says this in the Amplified. It says, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and that sin which so readily and deftly and cleverly clings to and entangles us. Anything that keeps you from finishing the race. Again, the, 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 the video of, of the fellow that was uh, showing the, the trail of the, of the race and saying, now, now there are roots here in the, in the trail. And if you don't keep your eyes open, you'll fall. And it's easy to trip, particularly if, it's, if you're running at night. And the scripture here says, the passage says, there are two things that will sabotage your race. That must be identified and, conf- identified and confessed and discarded and abandoned. Things that the writer calls weights and sins. Talks about weights. He says, throw off everything that hinders, every weight that slows us down. Throw off everything that stands in our way and sins. And again, 
sins will trip you up on your race like roots and rocks in the past. Now, I want to tell a preacher story, a preacher joke. I don't know if it's a true story or not, but you hear it so many times from different preachers. You know, I hang out with preachers a lot, and I hear a lot of corny preacher jokes, and, uh, and I generally try to laugh. But here's one that I, re- here's one that I really liked. Um, the man was, was constantly rededicating his life uh, after the surgery, you know, the pastor would extend an invitation, a fellow would come forward, and he was rededicating his life. He'd do that every Sunday. And his prayer was the same prayer every Sunday. He says, Lord, please take the cobwebs out of my life. And the next Sunday, he'd come forward, and he'd pray, Lord, please take the cobwebs out of my life. And that happened Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and the pastor got frustrated with that uh, eventually. And, and, and as the guy came forward, he was going to open his mouth to pray, and he's whispering the prayer in the pastor's ear. The pastor uh, prayed out loud and says, Lord, forget about the cobwebs, just kill that daggum spider. And, and that's what we need to be able to do. Now, let me, um, let me quit preaching and go to meddling. Um, a weight or a sin could be, it's anything that, that, that hinders you in your race and moving forward with Jesus. It could be uh, attitudes in your life, things that you're doing. It could be hobbies. Anything that controls you and consumes you can trip you up. Now, let me ask you this. Can fishing be that weight? Come on, guys, tell the truth. Somebody's going to say, No. Not necessarily. I mean, Jesus called fishermen, right? But it could be. Uh, can sports be a weight that hinders your race? Not necessarily. Scripture says, let us run with endurance. The race that's set before us. Not necessarily, but it could be. Could uh, shopping be one of those weights. Not necessarily, but could be. Anything that controls you and consumes you, that takes your eyes off of the main thing, is one of those things that the writer, again, the Amplified says, The sin that so readily and deftly and cleverly clings to and entangles us. <laughs> the image in my mind is you're running the race and these roots just start grabbing you <laughs> around the ankle and keep you from running your race. Whatever keeps you from following Jesus totally and wholeheartedly is a weight and a sin. Whatever keeps you from serving Jesus totally and wholeheartedly is a weight and a sin. And I don't know what that is for you in your life. It's not for me to tell you. Holy Spirit will tell you what that is if you'll ask him. And the prayer is simply this, Lord, I want to run the race and run the race well. And I don't want things to hold me back. I want you to point those things. I give you freedom. Like you go to the dentist chair and you sit down, there's, there's Alyssa and she, she cleans people's teeth. That's what she does for a living. 
And uh, this is what happens. You've been there, and I've spent enough time in the dentist chair to know that every time I go to the dentist, I start, you know, tensing up, and maybe you do too. You sit in the chair, and the dentist comes in, and he opens, he says, open wide. And then he takes this, this long pointy thing that they call an explorer, which is really an instrument of torture. <laughs> and they take that thing, and she'll tell you it's true. They don't talk about it. You know, they probably do in the break room. But they'll take that thing, and they poke around, and the dentist waits to see if you flinch. <laughs> and if you flinch, what has he found? He's found decay and a problem. You know what? If I believe that... Uh, if we will give the Lord that kind of freedom in our lives to, uh, to poke around in our hearts and our minds and say, Lord, okay, show me where I'm a little rotten, where I've got a little bit of decay, something that in my life that is keeping me from following you wholeheartedly, I believe that he will do that. So faith that finishes, you reflect on what God's done in the past and, and, and you, you, you forsake all that interferes and, and then faith that finishes, this is the most important thing, faith that finishes focuses on Jesus. When Andrew was younger, and, and uh, I taught him how to hit a baseball. And you know how you hit a baseball? What's the secret to hitting a baseball? Come on. You keep your eye on the ball. Because if you don't, what's going to happen? You're gonna, it's going to be a strike. You know, there's a perfect analogy of that in following Jesus. If you want to have success and, 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 and run well in the Christian life. You don't keep your eye on the ball, but you keep your eye on Jesus. Uh, we, 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 don't, uh, we don't fix our eyes on the great heroes of faith, although we think about them. We don't fix our eyes on our weights and sins, although we have to consider those things and throw those things off. We, we, we look away from those so-called treasures that we accumulate on the race. We don't fix our eyes on the race course, and we don't fix our eyes on the other runners. Here's what we do do. We fix our eyes on Jesus, and, and only on Him. We look only to Him and Him alone. And looking to Jesus means intentionally and purposefully turning our, our eyes away from anything else, everything else that will keep us from running our race and running it well, and purposefully and intentionally turning our eyes to Jesus and nobody else. And you know how you do that? You know how you do that? It's right here. Here's where you find Jesus. Here's where you look to Jesus. We'd like to say we, we look to our preacher, pastor, and we see Jesus. Well, we want that. Or look to our spouse and we see Jesus. We want that. But you want to know where you really find Jesus? It's in this book. We see Jesus in this book. I remember, the, again, the video, the guy was running with a, with a, with a headlamp on his, on, his, uh, on his helmet so he could run at night. And friends, the times are dark. We're living in dark times, and we need all the light we can get. Somebody quote for me right now, if you would, please, Psalm 119, 105. What does it say? Psalm 119, 105. You can say it out loud. Thy word is a light and a lamp. Your word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. What does Psalm 119.11 say? I'll help you out. I'll start out. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against God. We will find, you will look to Jesus by knowing 
and understanding and being in this book. I, I honestly believe that one of the greatest, I, I, I believe that the greatest danger to our nation today, it's not coronavirus and it's not the upcoming election. Y'all, I work with 56 churches, and I visit around a lot. I'm like a professional visitor on Sunday mornings. A lot of times, that's how I feel. And um, I tend to think that the greatest danger facing our nation today, and again, it's not corona, and it's not the election, and not other things like that. I really think the greatest danger to our nation today is that God's people don't know this book. And if we don't know the book, we can't see Jesus. And if we can't see Jesus, we can't run the race well. Now, I appreciate that, amen, but you know, that, that, that's great. But, but the reality is, and this is what I see as I'm visiting churches, is that um, uh, there's a great ignorance of this book among God's people. Maybe the last time Pastor Phillips invites me to come preach. <laughs> How are we going to run the race well if we don't have the light to, sh- to show us the way? How are we going to keep our eyes on Jesus? And I, and I visit a lot of churches, and bless their hearts, a lot of the churches that I visit, they'll have a picture of Jesus on the wall. Usually it's an old picture of Jesus. And it's Jesus in the garden or Jesus with the sheep or something like that. And I think that's not what Jesus looks like. Jesus don't look like that. You know what Jesus looks like? Look at Revelation chapter 1. And there's a, there's, there, there is a, an eyewitness account of what Jesus looks like today glorified in heaven. Don't do it now. Huh? But look at it later. That's what he looks like. And if that's the Jesus that people think about when you think about looking to Jesus, that's not him. You see Jesus in this book. We fix our eyes on Jesus. And it says that he's the author and the finisher of our faith. What that literally means is he's the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning of our faith. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus was there in the very beginning. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 20, the last promise Jesus gives us in the Bible The last words he gives to his people, he who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. He's the beginning and he's the end. It says he's the beginning, the author and finisher of our faith. It says for the joy that was set before him, he knew where he was going when he went to the cross. He wasn't just looking at the cross, he was looking beyond the cross. John chapter 17, he told his disciples, but now he's praying to the Father. He said, now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy made full in themselves. That's his will for you, that you have his joy. It says that he endured the cross. He despised the shame of the cross. You know, we sang that beautiful song before I got up preach and that song always just really gives gives me goosebumps just the description of what the gospel is and what jesus did for you and did did for me it would have been very easy for jesus up on that cross to say you know what i'm done with this i'm quitting this i'm i'm off this cross but he did not do that he stayed there for you and for me and he did that because he loves you and he did that because he loves me and he stayed there until he said it is finished 
Then the scriptures say he sat down at the right hand of God. Right? He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, the last part of verse 2. Mark 16 says, when the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was received into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere. And you know, what, you know what's been going on in heaven since then? Since he sat down at the right hand of God? Folks, this is why we looked at Jesus and to Jesus only. Revelation 5 says this. He says, Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them were myriads and myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And every created thing which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all the things in them I heard saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. That's why we look to Jesus. That's why we look to Jesus and that's why we don't get tangled up in all of those things that can tangle us up on our race. And we don't quit. That's why we don't quit because he didn't quit. We fix our eyes on Jesus and not on ourselves. We fix our eyes on Jesus and not brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so or your spouse. We fix our eyes on Jesus and not on our troubles, not on the material things, not on the things going on in the world around us. We fix our eyes on Jesus and not on the church, not on the pastor, not on brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. We look forward to Jesus and not to the past. And not once in a while, not, 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 not twice in a week, but constantly. So many Christians these days, they live, their life, they live their life as if they're in a sprint. And they're sprinting from Sunday to Sunday. And, and, and uh, uh, we, we go to church, and we go to church to get our tank filled. And uh, we get to Saturday night, man, my tank's down in low. And so I've got to go to church to get my tank filled. And then we go through the week, and we kind of get our tank low. Then we get our tank filled up. Then we get... So many Christians, I believe, are living their life in that way, like that cycle. That's not what Jesus wants for you. Not, that's not what he wants for me. He wants a daily walk with him. And that's why the last thing is faith that, faith that finishes, finishes. We are in a race, and it's a marathon. And, and, and uh, uh, you know, the word race in the original language of the New Testament, the word race is, is the same word where we get the word agony from. The Christian race properly run is hard. Um, sometimes I've seen bumper stickers that say, try Jesus. Nobody's printing bumper stickers that say, join the agony. <laughs> the reality is too many Christians have just quit running. One of the concerns that pastors have shared with me, great concern, is with, with, with this COVID uh, crisis is... Um, there are folks that used to come to church that just aren't coming anymore. And it's not that they're watching online. Some of them are. But the pastors that I talk to are very concerned that there's a, there's a group that's just been lost. Um, don't quit running. And too many, when they're out running, they're just out for a leisurely jog, or they're just walk, walking, or they're sitting and watching and criticizing other people on the track. But friends, don't, keep, don't quit running. You'll not get to the finish line by sprinting, but by patient endurance and keeping your eyes on Jesus. You may feel like quitting these days, but you don't. 
You wonder if all the effort is worth it. You're tired. You may get confused, hurt, attacked. You may feel alone and misunderstood, and you certainly probably are. And you don't see clearly the way ahead, but you keep your eyes on Jesus. You look to Jesus and you, because he finished his race, and he sees you in the race. And again, the image that I've got in my mind, this great stadium and the cloud of witnesses are there, and we're running in the, and we're running in the race. And there, here's the finish line, and here's Jesus on the other end of the finish line saying, come on, you can do it. I'm with you. And if you fall, he'll run over there and he'll pick you up. And he'll carry you. He offers you his strength. And he'll offer you his guidance. Jesus will see you through. So here's where the message ends. Faith that doesn't quit looks to Jesus. I'd like to give you time, an opportunity to pray right now. Um, Y'all, I want to finish well. And not only do I want to finish well, I want to run well in this part of my race that I'm in right now. I don't know what stage of life that you're in. If you're in the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, or fourth quarter. Whatever quarter of life you're in. Jesus wants you to run well. And he knows that the only way you can do that is to look to him. And there's some things maybe that you need to set aside. And some things that maybe you need to take up. So I'm going to offer you three prayers to pray this morning. And it's very simple. There's a thank you prayer, a forgive me prayer, and a help me prayer. Okay? Three prayers to pray. Now, now, one of these prayers hits everybody. <laughs> maybe one of these prayers, maybe more than one of these prayers, hits some of us here today. Um, but these are the prayers. Thank you, forgive me, and help me. And again, I don't know which one of these fits for you, but, but I'm going to lead you in a time of prayer. And it may be that you're here today, and the Lord has spoken to your heart about something that you need to lay aside. Or something you need, to ref- how you need to refocus on the Lord. Maybe you need to refocus on, on his word. And I, I know we've not had Sunday school for months. But we've still got the book. Um, I, I'm, I use the, you know what? This can also be a weight and a sin. <laughs> really, it can be. For a lot of folks. For me, it, it can be. One of the things that I'm doing with this right now is I've got an app on my phone. It's called YouVersion. It's the Bible. And, and I'm, I'm listening to the Bible every day. I'm on a Bible reading plan. Uh, that It's a chronological Bible. And I don't know if you guys have ever done a chronological Bible before, if you've heard of that before, but it's, it's really neat. Because, you know, the way that the Bible is set up, it's set up in the books, but they're not set up like in time sequence. So what the chronological Bible do, for example, in 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, when David is, is doing his things and like he's being chased by Saul, in the chronological Bible, it will tell you that story in 1 and 2 Samuel. Then it will cut away to the Psalms where David is writing his prayer, what's going on in his heart as that is happening. It's beautiful. Great way to read, uh, to read the Bible. And I'm listening to it, and I'm going through the Bible in, uh, in a year. My birthday was Thursday, and uh, so I started uh, that and so, Lord willing, creek don't rise, Jesus don't come back. 
uh, and Lord still got me here, by my birthday next year, I will have finished reading the Bible through in a whole year. And it, generally, it's three chapters a day. But it may be that somebody here needs to begin a, a dedicated time of, 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 of studying the Bible. And, and honestly, folks, uh, uh, do, doing it like this, <laughs> that's better than nothing. <laughs> but, but there are better ways to do it. And I want to encourage you to do that. And maybe that's something that you would want to do and, and start today. And if you have any questions about that, I'd be happy to explain to you how, how I'm doing that. But three prayers. Thank you. Forgive me and help me. Maybe someone here today. Maybe you've never had a relationship with Christ. So maybe somebody is watching online and you, you don't know what it is. I mean, you've heard about Jesus and they've told you about Jesus. Maybe you were raised in a Christian home. And maybe at some time in some vacation Bible or something, you raised your hand and they, pray, you, they prayed or you prayed, but nothing happened in you because you did not really come to follow Jesus. But you need to do that and you know that now. And you want to do that. I want to lead you in a prayer that will help you do that. So, three prayers. Thank you, forgive me, help me. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the privilege of being in your house today. Lord, it is a joy after having been shut down uh, for so many weeks and months to be able to come together with God's people. It is truly a joy and a privilege to be with God's people. To see my brothers and sisters and to hear them sing. And to me, join my voice with them, as bad as it may be. But it's a joy to be here. Thank you for that. And thank you for putting me in this race. Thank you for one day you saved me. As the, as the scriptures say, one day you, 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 you came to me and you, you, you changed my life. And, and you made me a new creation. Thank you for that. And thank you for your blessings. And thank you for what you're doing in my life. Thank you so much. And Lord, I want to ask you to forgive me. And right now, I lead the prayer of forgiveness. Father, there, there, there are those here today who need to pray this prayer, and all of us probably do. Father, forgive us for allowing things to get in the way of our race. Weights and sins, things that control and consume us. And Holy Spirit, you have gone through and you've pointed some of those, some of those things out to your people today. And you've done that, just like the dentist, he pokes around and he... He looks around until he finds some de decay and till we flinch. And Lord, some folks maybe in their spirits, they flinched a little bit today because you've been touching something sensitive in their lives. And it's, it's a weight and it's a sin. And uh, Lord, we would confess that to you. We want to turn it over to you. Forgive us for taking our eyes completely off of you. Forgive us for making you share the stage with something else that is very dear and important to us. Forgive us, because we want to see Jesus and Jesus only. And Father, we just say the next prayer is just help me. Help me in my race. You know what's going on with me. You know my situation, my circumstances. You know my fears. You know my pains, my joys. You know my doubts. You know the danger that lies ahead. The beauty of following you, Jesus, one of them is that you don't, you don't, you don't just know my past and my present, but you know my future as well. And I pray that you'll help me run the race that you've laid out before me. Help me to keep my eyes on you. Help me to be in your word and to study your word and there see Jesus in all of the words of this book. Father, help me to be an encouragement to others. That is my prayer. Thank you. Forgive me and help me. Father, we lift up to you our pastor in this day. Give him safe travel. We pray, we pray your blessing upon him as he leads our church. 
in the ways and the word of Jesus. Give him a double portion of your spirit as he boldly proclaims your word. Protect him and his family from illness and from the attacks of the evil one. We know that the evil one is like a lion, roaring lion, seeking whom he made his hour devour. So bless our pastor and keep him safe from those attacks. And may we as a congregation be a blessing to him and show him how much we truly love him and his family. And the other staff in our, in our church as well, thank you so much for them. Bless them, we pray. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. God bless you, friends. Amen. And just remember, uh, Brother Philip will have to leave to go to Hollister here in a minute. But if you do have a spiritual need, please see one of the staff. We'd love to talk with you, pray with you, counsel you. However, whatever you need, we'll be there for you, okay? So just see us after the service. Let me give you uh, just a, a real quick glimpse. Uh, the 90-second version, you can see the full version via email, okay? But the 90-second version of what we are wanting to do um, October the 25th, all right? So trying to rebring back Sunday school. Now, now, just a little caveat here. We, we said something last week about trying to bring it back the 18th with one worship service. That, lots of reasons that fell apart, social distancing being one of them, um, trying to cram too many people in here at, at 1030. So we're going to go with what we used to call a flip-flop situation, uh, the uh, uh, Sunday school at 9 and worship at 9, Sunday school at 10.30, and worship at 10.30, okay? So primarily, you'll, you'll see preschool children, students, and young to mid-adults, Sunday school will be provided for you at 9 o'clock, and then you can attend worship at, at 10.30. Uh, you notice the preschoolers come down to ETC, preschool extended t- training care, teaching care. Uh, children will drop down at 10.30 to children's church, and then students and the young to mid-adults will drop down and come to worship, okay? That means that at 1030, then, uh, the, uh, the, the mid to older Sunday school classes will be having Sunday school then, right? So, uh, now for those of you who, who thought that Jesus instituted Sunday school at 9 o'clock and worship at 1030, that's not in the Bible. <laughs> so, and, and number two... Um, we're, we're trying to help, we're trying to just do this to get Sunday school started in a safe way. And this is sort of a stopgap measure until we can get back to the day, Lord willing, and we please all pray for this, that we can go back to a Sunday school and worship schedule, like the, the good old days, right? Uh, but, uh, but we're trying to make this work for at least a couple of months until until we can go back to that day. So this is the this is the abbreviated version of it. Uh, we'll be sending you an email. Uh, your because all these questions are going through your mind. Well, my class is such and such. When is it going to meet? What room is it going to be in? That's all going to be explained in the email. Okay. So, uh, but in order for this to happen, you see the little yellow box there. Uh, we need your help in preschool, uh, folks. There are. 20 to 40 of our senior adults who, by doctor's orders, have been told, you know, y'all really shouldn't be helping in preschool anymore. You shouldn't be around, you know, runny noses and, 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 and whatever, okay, because of your pre-existing COPD or because of your pre-existing this or that. 
These were saints who were helping us for years. And now, just due to this pandemic, they cannot do that. Okay? It's not a lack of faith. It's just wise. They can't do it. But some of you can. Amen? Some of you can. Amen? Amen. And we need you to. Michaela's going to tell you how to do that. Share with you a little bit about ETC. ETC stands for Extended Teaching Care, and this is the program we use to allow parents to have focused worship time. This program is for children birth through pre-K. Due to COVID, we do have more strict ratios for how many children can be in the classroom with how many adults. This is a ministry that is in need of many volunteers. As far as who can serve, it's for anyone who is a member of FBCO. We ask you to serve about once every seven weeks. Temperature checks and face masks are required just to keep the um, safety of our children as top priority. We do require a background check for all of our volunteers ages 18 and up. Youth, this is also an opportunity for you to serve your church family. Anyone seventh grade through 12th grade is welcome to serve. So we encourage you, please prayerfully consider um, how you could serve in ETC to bless these preschoolers and their families. So as you can see, we've sort of been hit by a, a double whammy. One is because of health reasons, some of our older adults cannot no, can no longer help. And because of COVID, we've ramped up the, the requirements to help in preschool uh, to, to need even more help. So really, this is a time to step up, folks. We need you to call the church office, 581-2484, and do it this week. And we need 20 to 30 of you to sign up and say, yeah, count me in. Once every two months, I can help, okay? We really must have this to make the 25th work. So please pray about that and give us a call this week. Hey, let's uh, stand together and let's sing as we go. Living ye love me. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sin far away, dying he justified freely forever, one day he's coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious day, oh glorious day. God bless.